Good morning, good morning. Another beautiful Saturday weekend here. Fall is here. The leaves are changing. It's getting a little colder. I heard somebody tell me yesterday they got a little snow. We don't care. We're here for college football. This is the tailgate brought to you by Campus to Canton. I am joined here this morning by a couple of my colleagues and a couple will be joining shortly. Colin down there on the bottom. Brandon here beside me. And there's Matthew Bruning. How are we doing today, guys? Everybody looks so just wide awake and and ready for a, another wonderful day. Always, <clears throat> always. I'm always up bright and early. Um, you know, you ready sound, to roll. Th- that sounded like the first thing you've said all day is you just opened your mouth there. So. It, I think it actually might have been. Okay. Yeah, I figured. I mean, I'm going to call bull on that. You usually don't get up until like noon, right, Colin? I mean, I don't, do you even know what up and early really means outside of tailgates on Saturday? No, no, absolutely not. This is... This is absolutely the only reason I'm awake right now. Well, we're happy that you're here with us. And Brandon, they're rocking the Michigan stuff. Um, didn't Jeez. burn it after last weekend. You're a brave man. No, brave I hope, man. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a happier day today. So I, I, I hope so for your sake, too. All right, guys, um, we're going to try to help everybody navigate. This is the last big week of buys. You know, there, there are a couple hangers on after this, but this is really the last big one here. Week 10. We're going to try to help you guys with your prize picks, with your start sits. We're going to pick a couple games. But first, we've already had a couple games. We got Maction, baby. We got Maction Tuesdays, Maction Wednesdays, Maction Thursdays. So let's talk some action. We we've had some big performances already. You might you might open up your fan tracks and see you're already down by 150 this morning. <laughs> uh, Trayvon Rudolph. Let's talk about him first year, guys. Second year, uh, technically freshman wide receiver at NIU. Former walk on, earned the spot there last year. Freshman All American. And then this week just went nuclear. 14 catches, 309 yards three touchdowns great way to start off your week if you started him i would hazard a guess that nobody can send me a screenshot of them starting him this week um if you do i'll send you i'll send you some c2c swag how's that but i mean let's let's go to you first brandon over there i mean are are we buying this performance are we buying this kid i mean it is a huge performance but it's just happens in college sometimes they just have you know, their day and have a big game. So I would need to see, a, you know, another, you know, solid performance before I would, I would trust it. Would, would I change your mind at all if I said that over the past three games, he's gone for 15 and a half, 34.7, and now 62.9 points? That would change my mind a little bit. Yes. Okay. okay. I just, I, I mean, cause he, I mean, a lot of these Mac guys, they don't do anything. And then the Mac season opens up and all of a sudden, you know, they right. get two, they, they get 220 points in the span of five weeks. So, um, uh, Rudolph very well, very well, me one of those. I don't know. Do we have any other strong opinions? And I use as an offense is interesting. We're going to talk about a couple other of their guys here in a second. Um, but he might be their, their their main receiver, especially since Tyrese Ritchie left that game the other night. And he could be the go-to guy here down the stretch. Yeah, and you know, the week before this past week, he went six for 160 and two touchdowns. So it's not like this is his only big performance on the year. Uh, he's strung two together so far. I mean, I'll definitely be interested to see if he can keep it going. Because, uh, you know, like we'll talk about here in a minute, you know, there's other players that we think of when we think of this NIU offense, but I don't think there's any reason why he can't continue this. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not a guy that that's has a lot of aspirations for the NFL either, right? So he's, I believe he's considered a redshirt freshman, so you probably get at least three more years out of him. Why not take a shot at him on your waiver wire? Maybe he becomes the focal point of this offense moving forward, and he's a guy you can start 
you know, for years down the road, I don't, he's obviously not going to get you 309 and three every single week, but even if he can get you, you know, especially in the max, you with the way some of these wide receivers put up points, if he can consistently get you 20 plus points every single week, I mean, that's a steal off your waiver wire right now. So there, they bring back Rocky Lombardi, their current quarterback. He's a redshirt junior. I don't think there's any NFL uh, hopes for him either. So he'll probably ride out that eligibility. They're going to bring back the entire backfield, assuming, I mean, some of my transfer out. I, I would be lying if I said that I knew anything about the line or the defense, but this is an offense that's bringing back a lot of pieces for next year. So I think this is something that we should be paying attention to. And if he's available on your waiver wire, which I presume for a lot of leagues, he was going into Thursday night uh, or Tuesday night or whatever they played, I would go grab him. They they have good, a really good stable of running backs there too, though, guys. And I think let's talk about them here for a second. Javon Ducker uh, was the one that, that really had a nice week. Uh, this week had over 20 points uh, in most scoring formats that I saw. Um, but they they have a ton of other backs. They they have uh, Harrison Whaley who started off the season very hot. He's been injured uh, the past couple weeks, and they have Ontario Brown, who was a probably a recruit that was too good for NIU. But there were you know, some potential attitude issues there. He winds up there. Um, Ducker was thought of the same way. I mean, for for a MAC team, this is a loaded backfield. How how high are we on some of these guys with so many names back there, Matt? God, you should not have come to me because I've got, <laughs> I literally have no answer for you. I, I'm going to be honest. I pulled a Colin and I completely tuned out most of that because I was looking a stat up for something. And so it's very easy to do when Austin talks. It's okay. I great. don't, they're, don't they're fault gonna you for be that at all. Good. I, I mean, I don't know. With, with that many of them there, I guess I, I'd like to see who's left if some of them transfer out. I don't think all three of those guys can be fantasy relevant, right? So I guess give me the one that stays. But I don't know who that's going to be. That's horrible, shitty analysis. But that's about what I got. They're all listed as freshmen, which is like oh, the other. Well, that's, that makes it very worse. difficult. Part. They're all first or second year guys. Ducker was Ducker and Whaley were last year, and, and Williams was this year, or Brown was this year. Uh, do you have anything on, on these guys, Colin? You're shaking your head. Yeah, I think that the, like like Matt said, this is very crowded. So we need to see who how this shapes up in the in the off season. Um, Ontario Brown has kind of been the guy who's been forgotten about a little bit here, I, I could see him potentially transferring out and going somewhere else, assuming he has those attitude issues straightened out. Because like you said, he was a little bit too, too good air quotes of a recruit for, I, I feel bad. I feel bad saying that for all the Saluki fans that tune into this. Yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, the, the biggest, the, the two I would like the most is Ducker and Whaley. Uh, Whaley, we saw it from last year. He's been banged up this year, so that's given opened the door and given the other guys the opportunities. Um, and then Ducker, like you said, was also a guy who, air quotes, was probably too talented for NIU as a recruit. And, you know, he's he's looked really good here these past two weeks. So those would be the two I would focus on. Some other big performances, guys, not just limited to NIU. And welcome in, Mr. Chris Moxley. It's a pleasure to have good you morning. here today. Good morning. You sound like you are ready to be here as well. That was that's what Colin sounded like when he kicked off this morning. Not <laughs> good to be in the same bucket as me. Little sleepy, little sleepy. All right, we had a big performance from Lou Nichols. We're not going to talk about him. Everybody knows Lou Nichols at this point. But how about his teammate Khalil Pimpleton there uh, for Central Michigan? Five catches, 115 yards, a touchdown. Also had two return touchdowns. So if your league uh, counts any sort of return um, scoring, you are probably sitting pretty this morning. Um, 
Pimpleton League winner, guys. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Brandon, what are you, what are you you're you buying this? Um, well, one thing I didn't realize because I actually started um, Jacory Sullivan in this game. Did he just was he injured? I didn't see that, but I, he didn't. He's been having a, a few good games recently. I, I, so he didn't record a stat, but I did not. I don't know if he was injured or anything. Well, anyway, that was very disappointing to me to see that he wasn't getting anything in. All I saw in the bot score was just Pimpleton, you know, catching passes. So, um, yeah, I think he could be a, a league winner. For sure. He, former he's been great recently. Former like he, Hokie, too, there, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he transferred after his freshman year. But, I mean, he's three straight 100-yard games receiving. Like, he – and I I actually like the quarterback there. Um, he's pretty he's pretty interesting, uh, Richardson. So, I think – I mean, they're not a bad team either. They got a max schedule. Uh, I think that the, the Chippewas could, could pay off for you down the stretch. Um Richardson, Nichols, and uh, Pimpleton. But Pimpleton, is he a guy that could go day three in the NFL? He's it, always makes you, it always makes you feel a little better when some of these guys were originally G five or P5, right? I mean, went to Virginia Tech, left after one year, so we, maybe he could have made it there. We don't know. That that probably helps him, adds to the mystery. Are, are, do you guys, I mean, day three capital, maybe? Colin, Matt, anybody? Brandon? I definitely don't think it's out of the realm of possibility here. Um I mean, you know, he's putting up solid numbers here this this year. Like you said, he has a bit of a recruiting pedigree of sorts there. Uh, I do question it a little bit because of the size at 5'9", 175. But, uh, I mean, you know, we've seen 2-2 out will go in the second. So why can't he go in the sixth? We're going to use that 2-2 one to rationalize like a shit ton of so, really bad decisions for the next five years, aren't we? I'm, I'm excited. Well, that, that's the thing. It's not even 2-2. And I, I can't remember all of them now because I went back and listed like 10 of them, but we did this recently on the debut debate when I talked about how I think Calvin Austin will get day two draft capital. There's a lot more wide receivers who are like below 5'10 and way in the 170 to 80 range that have been drafted, <coughs> excuse me, in the past 10 years than people realize. There, there's there's more, and a lot of them have produced. I, I Cole Beasley is one that pops off off the top of my head. There's a bunch of others. Like there's guys who produced. If they're used the right way, they can be. Um. Yeah, I think what helps Pimpleton probably get that too is what he can do on special teams, right? I mean, obviously, the the two punt returns for touchdowns last night, if he continues producing like that, uh, someone's going to take him even as just a special teams guy. I, I mentioned that a lot with Philip Lindsay when he got drafted. That Denver talked about him just being a special teams guy, and then they saw how explosive he was and he ended up working his way into the starting rotation as a running back. So I think Pimpleton can easily do that, especially if he continues to produce on the special teams side. And it's crazy that he's... I was just looking it up on fan tracks. Now I don't know if they do they add in the points that he scored from the other night already on the fan tracks. I would assume so, maybe. I believe they are. I believe they are included in his total. Already. All right. Like so I mean, with that, year. then he's he's sitting up his wide receiver sixteen. So he does have the benefit of playing uh, this week on there. But he's only fifty five percent rostered, which I think is a little is a little crazy for a guy. Because even if you take those points away, he's just based on this. He's still top thirty ish, thirty five. Based on, I don't know exactly how many points he got, so still pretty good for a wide receiver, especially uh, with as usually as, as deep as starting spots as you have in the C two C league. If we're going to take away one lesson here this season, guys, I think it's that uh, you know the the Pimpletons and the Sorensons and these guys we're going to talk about here in a second, they didn't do anything through the non conference. But boy, when that max season rolls around, that that's their time to shine. So if you can, I mean, don't don't freak out. I I had Pimpleton in a couple teams, and I was like. Geez, I took this. I expected this guy to do something for me. This guy's doing nothing. 
And well, 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 look at these guys now. Speaking of Jack Sorensen, uh, leading receiver there uh, for Miami of Ohio. 14 catches this week, 283 yards, two touchdowns, put up a nice 54 points for me on a, in a couple of different places. Uh, made me smile Wednesday morning when I woke up. What, Jack Sorensen, league winner. I mean, I'm just going to keep asking this after every single one of these. I mean, all these Mac receivers. Chris, Jack Sorensen, league winner? Yeah, I love Jack Sorensen. Yeah. I have a lot of Jack Sorensen. You, you, you and Colin blew up my spot when you started talking about him, unfortunately. Um but yeah, I mean, he ended the year last year on fire. They only played three games, but I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, he's definitely the wide receiver one there, um, and the quarterback play has been better. So why not, right? You get a max schedule. Like, there's not much. All of these max receivers, like you said, just just all of them could be league winners. I think that opens up actually a really interesting discussion too, because we know we want Mac players. But a lot of these guys are seniors. Jack Sorensen is a is a fifth year senior, I think. So he's going to be gone. Sixth year senior. Yeah, he's year. he's been there for forever. Um, you know, Pimpleton can go. Uh, the guy we're going to talk about next can go. Yeah, there's a lot of these guys. Justin Hall, who we don't have on here, but uh, another Mac receiver who who pops off. You know, a lot of these guys are going to go. So we want the replacement. And there's not really a clear-cut guy in most situations right now. So these are all situations that I'm going to be monitoring really closely at the end of the year here to try and figure out who's going to be next. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last guy here, and then we'll we'll talk some prize picks here, guys. Brian Kobach, I think he's, you know, a, a known commodity at this point. 15 carries, 180 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Did most of his damage there in the first half. I believe through the first quarter he had 102 already. Um, that, that Toledo offense... Uh, humming along here now with him and, and Daquan Finn, another name. We're not going to talk about him, but somebody to be looking at. Um, Brian Kobach, league winner, guys. <laughs> I, I'm really creative this morning with the uh, uh, with the, uh, the the questions. I'm sorry. I mean, I definitely Mox definitely thinks so. I feel like he's talked about Kobach every single week and then just kind of stopped. Maybe that's because you know everybody was kind of Kobached out there at that point. But yeah, I mean, he not only because yeah. of the rushing, he brings you some receiving upside as well. So. I like Kobeck a lot. I think he's really, I think, I actually think he's kind of talented. Like he, he has requisite size. He's six foot two ten. Like he's, a, so he's a junior. He's fourth year, but um, he's a redshirt junior, I believe. So he's a guy that I think will probably come back. And I think he's a guy that you probably want to have on your teams for next year. Like I think he's going to have a huge year next year too. Like he, he just saw it all around. Like I, I actually think he's a good, like a good player beyond blowing up in the Mac. That's what worries me a little bit about him because he had uh, he was recruited at Kentucky and mm -hmm. he was going to go there. They were really excited. And then some personal situations happened and he needed to go back closer to home. So he ended up at Toledo and he's looked really good the past couple of years. He's got the size. He catches passes. I definitely think he's a draftable prospect. Um, you know, whether he comes out, I don't know, but I definitely think you're going to get something on the NFL side from him at some point. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, a backup, like a, a Devonte Booker type of a situation where he fills in for a starter and puts up some really nice weeks, um, but doesn't have a whole lot of standalone value. But he's going to end up on an NFL roster if and when he comes out too. he put up 20 carries for 114 yards against Notre Dame. I mean, they did. That's really the only team this year that they've played. But he did well in that matchup. Not that Notre Dame is in, you know, necessarily as stout defensively this year as they have been in the past. But I mean, that's a good sign, right? I mean, that's yeah. He produces against 
good teams like consistently like back to last year too um he was doing it i mean he had like eight catch games against um power five opponents uh it like in his history i mean i don't think it's i think you're right Colin. Like, i think he's a day three guy like i think he's gonna get drafted when he comes out like, i think he's i just think he's good and has has the size all right guys that's enough maction we can only have so much uh, on any given wheeze. All right, guys, let's pick our games for today. We have, um, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a lot of fun games, but not a lot of like high, super high profile ones that, so, but I think we picked the best of the bunch here. Wake at UNC, uh, potentially the highest scoring game of the season here, uh, which means it will end a 17-10 snooze fest. I'm going to take Wake Forest, um, who are somehow a, a dog here, despite the fact that North Carolina just routinely shits the bed. I don't understand why they're a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I don't really understand that one either. Um, I'm on the Wake bandwagon here as well. I mean, Wake's been playing really well. That offense is a really high-powered offense. I think this is going to be the most exciting game to to play here, uh, to watch. Um, I think it's going to be high-scoring, and Wake has come out on top in every game like that this season. I'm going the opposite way. I'm taking North Carolina. Uh, Wake, I know, has been has been fairly good, but I, I honestly think this is going to be a pick em game, and I'm taking Sam Howell to have the big one here with Josh Downs. They end up getting the big win here, causing all kinds of confusion at the end of the year, as Austin and me, Felix, talked about on Debbie Debate. This is not actually a conference game, so they will still be undefeated in conference play, even though they lose today to North Carolina. Yeah, so I have Wake, and I don't really feel that great about it. All the All the data I look at, has North Carolina like over a field goal favored. I took Wake um, when it opened as well. I've seen, listen, I live like 30 minutes from Chapel Hill. I watch UNC pretty regularly. They always collapse when they have the opportunity to do something great. That is who they are over the last couple of years. I think this is one of those games where they just can't pull it out. I think this could be a high scoring game, but I know, I know, this Mac Brown UNC team, and they're they're not winning today. Yeah, I'll also take Wake Forest. I need Sam Hartman to have another uh, seventy point fantasy uh, fantasy game because I'm really in the hole against Sal in the program. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that's all. The, that's all the reason you need some time. Auburn at Texas A and M, three p.m. kickoff here. Um, give me Auburn which I didn't see myself saying a couple weeks ago, but they've been decent the past couple weeks, and I I just have this strange feeling they pulled this one out. Uh, Bo Nix, Mr. Clutch. 101, uh, Bo Nix. <laughs> um, I'm on the opposite side of this one. I'm going to take Texas A&M. Um, they're favored. I, I just think they're a better team overall, to be honest with you. Uh, and it, can you ever really trust Bo Nix? I mean, he's he's looked good in spots and then just absolutely falls foul on his face. And Texas A&M has QB1 Zach Calzada. How can you go against that? Yeah, um, I'm with Austin here. Auburn actually controls their own destiny to get into the playoffs, and I think that they actually have a shot to do that if they can win this week, which I think they should. They're just a better team. Uh, you know, Texas A&M, I know they beat Alabama, and it was a great game for them, but – if, if we're all being honest here, Bo Nix gets trashed a lot because of what he's done beforehand. He's actually playing much better this year, and I wonder how much of that is due to Harson. This offense is playing better. You know, they're they're mixing in Jarquez Hunter with Tank Bigsby, which none of us expected, but it's working well for that uh, for that rushing game as well. Uh, I think just I think Auburn's a better team, and they're going to find a way to win it today. I have Texas A&M, and a lot of that 
is attributed to Jimbo Fisher. I think that he knows how to scheme against Bo Nix. He was talking about it earlier this week. Like, you know, Bo Nix has that, like, out of structure, he's just like, I don't know, he's like a wizard. A I don't god. know how to explain it. Yeah. Like, he's really, really good out of structure. Bo Nix, or Bo Nix, Jimbo Fisher talked about how they can contain him, and it was a big focus this week. And if he can't do that, I think they're going to have a tough, tough sliding this week. So I like Texas A&M to pull this win out. And they're getting healthier on defense, which I think is is big for them. So, I like I like the Aggies. I all I also like Texas A and M here, um, mostly because they're they're at home. You know, I think it should be a close game, but the uh, home edge, give it to uh, Texas A and M. All righty, Mississippi State at Arkansas, three thirty p.m. kickoff. Uh, I'm taking Arkansas, uh, very similar similar to why you just uh, picked AM there, Brandon. A home home game. I think this is a pretty close one uh, in KJ Jefferson with trust. Uh, I'm going the other way on this one too here. I'm going with Mississippi State. Um, it really just comes down to what Mississippi State team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that you know beat Kentucky? Are we going to get the team that beat LSU? Or are we going to get the team that lost to Memphis? I, I don't I don't really know. Um, but when Mississippi's on. They're a good team. Uh, I think they're going to show up in this one. I'm with Colin. Uh, I think Arkansas has been a tad bit overrated, or their defense has been a tad bit overrated because they went in and beat what we thought was a really good Texas team. And I think we now realize Texas is not a good team, like at all. Uh, they have not been able to keep up with a, a lot of these teams. I mean, they Ole Miss, I know, is a really good team. But Will Rogers has proven that he's a pretty decent, at least, college quarterback, and this offense has been good. I think they're going to be able to pass on Arkansas. I think it might end up being a shootout game, but I'm going to lean toward uh, Miss to get the win today. Yeah, I like Mississippi State, too. I I don't know if I really like this Arkansas team that much. I think they're a little bit overrated, like Matt said. They started really hot, and then they got crushed by Georgia, but who doesn't? They then lost to Ole Miss, and then they lost to Auburn, and then they beat up Arkansas Pine Bluff, but, like, cool. Um, Mississippi State's playing a lot better, and their defense has come around. They're they're sharp. Um, the data doesn't love this, this pick, but I think there's a lot more going into it than what we've seen, like, earlier in the season. I think that this is – Mississippi State's hot, I think, right now. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Arkansas. I think uh, with KJ Jefferson and Traylon Burts, I don't think Mississippi State will be able to stop them enough. So I think it could be a high-scoring game. But I think, too, when Mississippi State kind of gets in these games, they do something to, you know, lose the game. So And Arkansas is at home. So give me Arkansas. All righty, guys. Oregon at Washington, 730 Eastern Standard Time here. Kickoff. Um potentially a, a tricky game there for Oregon, uh, but I am going to take them. Uh, I don't know if Washington can, can score enough uh, to overcome uh, Oregon there. Yeah. I mean, Oregon's Oregon's a really good team. Uh, I'm taking Oregon as well. They are, you know, they had that bad loss to Stanford, but there's some, you know, surrounding circumstances with that. Joe Moorhead wasn't there. Their OC Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't believe is there either. Um, outside of that, they've looked pretty good. Um, Washington secondary is definitely going to be able to contain Anthony Brown and, and that passing attack, but that's not the bread and butter for Oregon. Uh, Oregon's going to run the ball uh, in that Joe Moorhead offense is a big Travis die game here. And Washington state or Washington's defense is not very good against the run. So give me Oregon. 
Yeah, I mean, I could easily see Oregon losing the game today. Colin just mentioned uh, the loss to Stanford, which is worse than bad. Like, there's just no words to describe how bad that loss was. Uh, I'll add, though, Kayvon Thibodeau did play the game. He got knocked, he? He got knocked down half at the uh, start of overtime due to a targeting call. And Joe Moorhead, last I, call, last I looked, didn't call the defense. So they let Stanford score on him pretty easily. And we saw last night that Stanford offense is again – Horrible, but so is Washington. So I think they can keep it a close game. It's the border war here, but I, I'm going to go Oregon. I just think they're the better team. Yeah, I have I have Oregon. Um, Washington's secondary is really really good. Um, they have like multiple NFL corners on that team. Um, they redesigned the defense last week because they had been really poor. But I don't trust their offense at all. Their offense is terrible, like truly terrible. Um, I just think Oregon's going to run. Like all over them, I think Travis Dye is going to have a big week. I think Byron Cardwell could have a big week. Um, I mean, I I just trust the trust the Ducks to to win this one. But you know what's worse than losing to Stanford? Losing to a team who lost to Stanford. Imagine that happening. What about losing to Montana? Go go Buckeyes! All right, Brandon. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Oregon. Um, Main thing, I, Washington's offense is not good. I don't know how they can't play a quarterback other than Dylan Morris because he's horrible. So, yeah, Oregon. All right, last game here, guys. You get to give me your answer. Just the name of the school. That's it. UTSA at UTEP. Battle for Texas. The real battle for Texas. UTSA for me. Love the Miners, but I'm going UTSA as well. Yeah, that's gone. Okay. <laughs> UTSA. Yeah, meet me. UTSA. Go Roadrunners. All righty, guys. That is going to be the first hour of today's show. Thank you for joining us today. Good luck. Probably the last week of the regular season for most of you across all your leagues. It's Coast to Coast presented by CampusToCanton.com. We are back for you to cover everything that happened in week 10 of college football in college fantasy. Down goes Sparty Bama, nearly upset in Tuscaloosa by LSU. But before we get into all of that, I need you guys to do two things, just two things for me. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications so you know that every time that we go live for Coast to Coast right now, like you're watching, and Saturday morning for the tailgate, you got to follow us to, to figure out what's going on. And then jump in the chat. Let us know where you are watching from. We got to know where uh, everybody is tuning in from. We just want to know. We, wanted to, we want this to be a community here at CampusToCanton.com. But we start every Saturday with the rundown. Austin Nate, Wake Forest, we thought that we would get a lot of points from this game, just like in 2020, and this game delivered. Yeah, it did. And down goes Wake Forest. I mean, you were talking about all these upsets in the beginning. Uh, it, it, we felt like this was going to happen eventually. Today was the day uh, UNC uh, beats Wake Forest there. Close, close game. High scoring. North Carolina. Sam Howell had himself just a huge day. Uh, he's the reason they won this game. 16 for 26 for 216 and a touchdown in the air. Not an enormous day passing, uh, but on the ground, he was just enormous for them 21 carries 104 yards two touchdowns got them key scores key first downs 
really just kind of kept this offense moving uh, and was a big, uh, just, just you know, a performance that locks him in probably as a top option moving forward. Ty Chandler, um, the highest scorer there for North Carolina on the day, 213 yards, four touchdowns on the ground for him, scored the touchdown that ended up icing the game away. Uh, Wake tried to come back, but but I came up a little bit short. Antoine Green led the receiving room, uh, not a name that, that you know, we love to hear uh, from North Carolina. There six ca- uh, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Downs was quiet, and there was not necessarily a reason for this, guys. We had a lot of people asking in our Discord today, you know, what's going on with Josh Downs? Is he hurt? Is he... It just was a, a day where things were not clicking for him. So I hope he didn't cost you playoffs or anything like that, but th- there, there are better days ahead there for Josh Downs. For Wake Forest, on the losing side of things here, Sam freaking Hartman. Seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns on the day. 25 for 51 through the air, 398 yards, five touchdowns, a couple of costly interceptions, um, but was also 12 for 78 and two on the ground. I mean, he was just incredible. I've seen that earlier in the season. He did it on the ground today. Yeah, it was for a while. It was just a duel between the two quarterbacks on the ground. It was it was very very interesting. Um, and then Hartman kind of took over through the air there. Uh, as you would probably guess, some big uh, receiving performances there from Wake Forest as well. Ja'Cory Roberson, seven catches, 111 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And then your guy, A.T. Perry, uh, six catches, 129 and two uh, for him. Uh, no one else really to speak of in the, you know, on the ground or anything like that because Sam Hartman took it all. Um, so Wake Forest uh, talks of them you know, being snubbed in the playoff. Better luck next year, guys. Austin, we keep seeing um, Sam Howell perform on the ground this year. It's something that he didn't do as much in his two prior seasons. Is that something that you could see him doing at the next level? Maybe. Um, I don't think it's smart to do it how they used him today. They just let him run up the gut over and over and over again. A bit, bit dangerous there. Uh, obviously, he's a, a stouter guy. He's not Lamar Jackson, wiry. Uh, type build but you know you don't want to let your quarterback do that over and over again it's nice that he's shown that he can do it I just don't necessarily know if I want him carrying the ball 21 times a game you noted A.T. Perry he dropped two or three passes in this game he's someone that you need to start especially if uh, Sam Hartman ends up coming back to Wake Forest next year I believe he's a third or fourth year sophomore so he still has eligibility left um that team is a, a team that's going to put up points as they continue to draw linebackers and safeties in with those long RPO reads and, and get uh, plays over the top. Austin, yeah. we will come back to you a little bit later in the show. Well, a little bit later just to get cover uh, Baylor TCU. But let me come to Matt Bruning here. Uh, Matt, Nebraska, Ohio State. I was watching this one a little bit early, and it uh, seemed like the crowd was getting on. Yeah, I mean, this uh, we talked a lot about it, this on, on tailgate this morning, right? I think Austin and myself both said that we did not think this was going to be a blowout like a lot of people were predicting. Again, same thing like with Penn State. They had like double-digit uh, point line here. 
and, and I did not see it. Nebraska has lost, I believe, every single game by a margin of like eight points or less. So they've been a really good team. And, and I'm going to give props to Adrian Martinez. Will's guy, Heisman Martinez, he may not be quite in the Heisman conversation anymore, uh, but he ended up having a pretty decent day here. 248 through the air with one touchdown, a big interception, but 51 yards on the ground and a touchdown as well. He's playing with a sprained ankle and a broken jaw. So this kid is extremely tough. And the fact that he went out there and I mean, he was getting beat up. The Ohio State's defense is an underrated uh, part of this uh, story here. So we'll get to them in a minute. But some more Tory, right? He made a game 150 yards through the air and one touchdown. He he was torching this, you know, supposedly good secondary, right? Because this defense has got it all figured out and they're wonderful and amazing. They're not. On the Ohio State side here, I mean, C.J. Stroud, the stats don't tell the full story here, in my opinion. He does go again over 400 yards, but he struggled in this again. This offense has got some clear issues. Uh, they really do, and I'm very curious to see if they end up uh, fixing some of this. I mean, he was bailed out a lot by his wide receivers in this one, one of which Jackson Smith, who who had a massive day, almost broke the record at Ohio State for most yards in a single game, I believe, which is at 250. He finishes with 240 and one, had the big 75-yard touchdown run. It was like, uh, I think he got the ball from maybe five yards from the line of scrimmage and just took it that to the house. He, he had an amazing game. Chris Olave continues his way up the record books as well with the touchdown here. I believe he is now three away from having the record for most touchdowns in a season. Uh, or, I'm sorry, in a career at Ohio State. I can't imagine he doesn't get that. Uh, Henderson, though, slowed down a little bit in this. So we thought, you know, we talked on the tailgate. We thought he'd go over 100 yards rushing. Just 92 doesn't get a touchdown through the air or on the ground. Nebraska did a really good job of focusing on slowing him down and forcing C.J. Stroud to beat him through the air. And while they did do it, it did not look pretty. This defense, once again, I think is a story for Ohio State. They're the reason that they ended up winning this game. Got some really interesting tests coming up. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Buckeyes are able to do here against Michigan State and Michigan and, and even Purdue, who has upset the number two team twice this year in Michigan State and Iowa when they were when they were ranked in the top there uh, earlier this year. No Garrett Wilson in this one, yeah. so Jackson Smith and Jigba absolutely steps up. Matt Bruning, after Kayshawn Boutte, you got to consider Quentin Johnston. But Jackson Smith and Jigba is right there. Could you see him surpassing maybe Kayshawn Boutte for that wide receiver one in the 2023 class? If Boutte sits, yes. If he doesn't, no. I think Boutte's the better player. I love JSN. And, and I don't even think you consider Quentin Johnson. I love Johnson. I think it's Johnson, Downs, uh, Addison, maybe Jarrett, all kind of right there in the conversation. But I think all three of those guys are a tier below Boutte and JSN. If Boutte comes back and play, no. I think everybody's talking about JSN today because of the day he had, but Boutte does that every week when he's playing and healthy. So JSN's only done this twice this year, going over like 150 yards. That was, if Boutte didn't go over 150, we were like, what the hell's wrong with Kayshawn Boutte? So no, I, I don't think he jumps Boutte unless he doesn't play. Well, I, I, you know, I wish I could be a, as high a performer where struggling uh, would be 400 yards. We've said that a number of times this season for C.J. Stroud. All right, Matt Bruning, we will come back to you. Let's bring Austin Ace back in here. Uh, Austin, Baylor is a ranked team, and so we need to pay attention to them. And TCU has Zach Evans, has uh, Quentin jo the aforementioned Quentin Johnston. How did this one turn out today? Well, as it turned out, no Zach Evans. A lot of rumors about him going around right now. Regardless, regardless, TCU still won without him today, upsetting a pretty good Baylor team there, 30-28. The story of this game 
is Chandler Morris. Former Oklahoma kid transferred or, or got uh, stolen away from then to TCU. He's former head. Uh, do you remember Chad Morris? He was the head coach at uh, what Arkansas, I believe, there for a while. It's his kid, which I did not realize until today. Uh, a three-star in last year's class. He played in place of Max Dugan at quarterback for TCU, and he threw for 461 yards. It was better than anything I've seen Max Dugan do in three years there. I've, I don't know where this kid came from. I. Should he be the starter moving on? I think we're certainly going to have a discussion about that uh, this week and beyond. Uh, he also had 70 yards and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, he just it was a really good performance. Uh, TCU was not doing much outside of him. And it didn't really matter. Quentin Johnston, you did mention five catches, 142 yards and a touchdown. Looks like those two might have some good chemistry. Dugan and Johnston never really have. So again, if you like Quentin Johnston, probably root for, uh, for Chandler Morris there to hold on to that job. Um, and yeah, no Zach Evans today. Really no rushing performances to speak of there outside of, again, Mr. Chandler Morris. Uh, for Baylor, Jerry Bohannon, 14 for 20 for 214 yards, um, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And Abram Smith, 18-125 on the ground there. Um, Ty Thornton, kind of post-hype sleeper there. Uh, disappointing 2020, rebounding in 21. Uh, five catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. So Baylor, you know, they could have been a New York Six team. At this point, probably not. Uh, watch out for TCU here down the stretch uh, with uh, potentially a new quarterback. Austin, uh, Quentin Johnston has been inconsistent this season. He's also been injured, but he, you don't have an issue with him being comfortably inside the top 10 of all Debbie wide receiver rankings, do you? No, he should probably be in there just solely based on his, uh, you know, his athletic gifts. He, he's big, he's fast, he's, he's strong, you know, all, all these kinds of things. Um, so I, I think he definitely has a place in there. It'd be interesting to see, again, you know, what's the quarterback situation there and does he continue to kind of build that relationship with whoever is behind center? Austin, we appreciate it. We'll come back to you a little bit later. Matt, get back in here for the 4 p.m. game. Uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas. We had an upset in this one, did we not? No, <laughs> no. Mississippi State uh, <laughs> lost. Uh, but this was a hell of a game. And, and I almost would say probably for these Yeah, Mississippi bases, State's ranked. So in Arkansas. Oh, were they? Not, oh, so. I thought, well, most yeah. people were picking Arkansas to win. So I apologize. And yes, this was an upset. Um, this was a hell of a game. And, and I think an instant classic if you're a fan of Mississippi State or Arkansas. I mean, these teams. In the third and fourth quarter, we're just trading blows going back and forth. Start with Ole Miss, or I'm sorry, Mississippi State since they lost. Will Rogers had himself a day. And I mean, there was a lot of talk about him and, and going to this offense and, and who the quarterback would even be at the beginning of this season. I remember many episodes of Campus Live. Felt like it was every episode. Austin and Colin were debating who was going to win this battle and what who was going to be there because we want that quarterback in a Mike Leach offense. Four touchdowns, one interception, 417 yards through the air. And, I mean, he led them down the field and gave them a chance to win that game. Why Mike Leach went to a kicker who has not kicked, I believe, in the past two weeks and kicking this game is beyond me. Honestly, in my opinion, why they lost the game, but that part of it is what it is. Jacoby's marks had a pretty decent day here. Only 40 yards on the ground, 46 through the air, but had a big catch and run in the fourth quarter to get a first down to keep a drive going, which led to, I believe it was a, it was actually his receiving touchdown where he was left wide open in the corner of the end zone that ended up giving them the lead before KJ Jefferson drove back down the field. We'll talk about him in a minute. 
The Mississippi wide receivers, Paul continues to be very good for them. Doesn't get a touchdown this one, but goes over 100 yards again. Ra-Ra Thomas, though, was the guy of the day. Him and... Uh, Will Rogers had a great connection throughout this game. 63 yards, two big touchdowns. He kept driving down and getting open up in the middle of the field, and Rogers was hitting him. Williams also had a pretty good game with 72 yards. But Arkansas ended up pulling up the win because of KJ Jefferson and Traylon Burks. And my guy, Traylon Burks. I, I mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, Ray Garvin said he reminds him of Josh Gordon, and I can't unsee that after he said that. I mean, it's and, and he looks at you when he's playing. He looks, he's so much fun to watch. But 191 to 1 through the air for Jefferson here. Burksville gets the touchdown, 82 yards again. Really great day for him. The Arkansas running backs, Johnson was the guy who had the big day here. Big kid, big look, big looking kid as well. Starts in two. Sanders and Smith were both kind of held in check, but I mean, congratulations to Arkansas. That big drive, like I said, by J- Jefferson and Burks there at the end, drive all the way down the field. It was like two minutes left on the clock. They left 20 something seconds uh, after they scored, and, and I mean, they almost had them. It almost ended up being a tie game going to overtime, but Arkansas survives and, and, and gets the upset. KJ Jefferson keeps producing, and we need to start keeping more tab, closer tabs on him. His value could increase as the season uh, goes on and as we uh, uh, get into C2Cs next year. I mean, he has NFL size. He has NFL arm talent. It's just a, And he's mobile. He can run. Maybe just an issue of accuracy. Um, but KJ Jefferson, we gotta, we got to watch that guy. All right, Matt Bruning, we appreciate it. Let's bring in the meanest guy on Twitter, Mr. Kevin Coleman. Kevin, someone that everyone is paying attention to is Malik Willis, but uh, Liberty did not fare well today. No, they did not. Uh, it, it was a bad game from the start. You could tell Liberty was outmatched, outgun in this game. Uh, Willis was running around with his head, you know, just trying not to get killed back there. His offensive line was awful. But, you know, Willis didn't play very well. He was 16 for 25, 173 yards and three interceptions. Uh, he also, you know, on the ground, he had a touchdown at 71 yards, blocked 27 carries. So he was really, really did. He just didn't look as good as we expected him to do in this battle of QB1s. Uh, and I think there's a real question. You have to, we got to temper expectations a little bit with Willis. There's a reason why Willis had to transfer to Liberty. There's a reason why, there's a lot of reasons why he had to go to that program and why he's looked very good. But in the couple games that he's played this year against Syracuse, against Ole Miss, he has not looked very good. So I think we got to temper our expectations on him. He's got to develop. There's some things that you'd like to see. And yes, he was playing against other another team that obviously is much better than him and his team in, in general. But there's a reason why he struggled. And I think that it's good to take away those things and be careful with that. Uh, you know, as far as that, you know, Shedro Lewis, he had seven carries, 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Joshua Mack had 19 and 98, you know, and you're looking at, you know, Demario Douglas, five catches, 56 yards. Uh, so there's really nothing on the offensive side for Liberty. I think the biggest story is, okay, now where do we look at Malik? Where do we put him at in that category as a quarterback? And, you know, it's kind of blocked for me all around. I mean, I love Matt Corral on the other side. Ole Miss won this game. Uh, Corral had 324 yards and a touchdown. He was really efficient, 20 for 27. He looked really good. He was basically just toying with his defense. He knew where he was going. There was really no doubt in this in this game. Uh, Jerion Ely, he kind of popped out this game. I guess he's healthy. So 10 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he looked really good on, on the receiving side of it. You know, Dennis Jackson had six catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Plumlee, John Rice Plumlee had seven catches, 110 yards. So they really just kind of, they toyed with these guys on the offensive side. But to me, it really separated itself. as like, hey, Corral could be a legitimate QB1 uh, of this class. And then you have Willis where, hey, we're going to have to wait and see what his measurables look like and how, how, good he, how good he tests and what team's going to take a shot at him. 
I think Willis needs to go to a team that's going to really exasperate his strengths and limit his weaknesses. And he needs to go to a good organization because if he goes to a bad organization, it could be a rough, a rough uh, time. Uh, Kevin, Jerrion Ely is a name that's widely known in Debbie circles, but we haven't talked about him much this season. Is he a guy that you think could be a, I mean, he's sub 200 pounds, 5'9", 5'8", the uh, two-sport player. Could he have an NFL role? Uh, you know, I've never really been high on Ely, to be honest, just because of that size. And, you know, he's listed at 185. What do you think he really is at, right? It's like what my li- my driver's license lists me at 170. But let's be real here. Like, there is a, there's some question marks there. So if he goes under that, I think it's about testing numbers. So if he's going to go under that, then I'm worried. I'm really concerned. I think he could have a role. I just don't see him getting very good draft capital. All right. Uh, Kevin, you also covered LSU Alabama. I mean, LSU here had a chance late to win this one in Tuscaloosa. How did just talk about this game for us? This game was awful, and it was weird. It was a long game. Uh, you know, Alabama won 2014, uh, and they, they survived a Hail Mary at the end. But I think the key thing is, like, Max Johnson is terrible. Like, he's not a very good quarterback. And I don't know why people had him so high up in the C2C. I'm not sure what this crew th- th- thought of. I, I don't remember what you guys said. So if I'm, if I'm bashing you guys, I'm sorry. But he just does not look very good. He never was really that good. I, ever since he threw behind the back against UCLA, I think that was pretty much everybody had to put there. So 16 for 32. 160 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He looks bad. You know, he didn't have very good progress prevents. I will say this, Tyron Davis-Price, he had a good game. He had 23 carries, 104 yards. Uh, they had a chance to go up 14 to 21, or 21 to 20. Uh, they were on the eight-yard line, and they just did not capitalize. Davis has really got to score that. He had a long run right there. I think it was a 38-yard run, and he, did, he got caught. So I, that hurt him there. You know, the biggest problem I think that LSU has is after Boutte went down, the receiving has just not been there. Jariah Jenkins had four catches, 54 yards. Trey Palmer, who I sadly have on a couple rosters, two catches, 36 yards. Jack Beck is out there. Brian Thomas scored as well. But, you know, in reality, they don't have the playmakers on the outside. But I think a lot of that has to do with Max. Max is just not very good. Uh, on the flip side, I'm very, I'm still very high on Bryce. I love Bryce. You know, he had 300 yards and two touchdowns. He's 24 for 37. I love his pocket presence. I think that he does a lot of the intangible things right. And, and he gets a lot of shit from, I don't know if you can say that on this broadcast, but from Alabama fans. And I don't know why. Like, he does – he's probably helping this team more. Alabama's not playing very well right now. I think that offense is a little out of flux because they couldn't get a running game in this game. That was the biggest thing. Brian Robinson Jr., 13 carries, 18 yards, and a touchdown. Roydell Williams, two carries, nine yards. You know, I, I in my opinion, they're missing McClellan a lot, and I, and I think that that's starting to show a little bit. So, you, you know, you have that. But, hey, your guy, Jamison Williams, baby, 10 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. I love this kid just like you do, uh, even though Austin's a hater. John Mechie, nine catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. And, you know, those are the guys that are there. Jamison won this game for them and Bryce, and, and they're going to carry him, and, and they survive. And I think Alabama is going to, you know, I think they're the number two team in the country. I'm not one of those guys that's against that, that ranking. Uh, but it's going to be Bryce. Bryce is going to have to lead this team. Yeah, Austin likes touting the guys who the five-star guys and the guys towards the top of the recruiting rankings. He, we, Austin doesn't like to dig and, and tout uh, too many guys lower on there. All right, the rundown is over. We appreciate it, Kevin Coleman. But we are going to toss it back to you, back to uh, one of the nicest guys in the fantasy community, Matt Bruning, and the aforementioned Kevin Coleman for headlines. 
All right, so I get to run this segment for once. It's not the Felix Austin show. And I get to be on here with Kevin. This is kind of exciting. That's weird. We've never done this before. I know. I don't even know what to do with myself. I don't know where to put my hands. I don't even know what to talk about. Uh, So we've got some very interesting headlines done up by one of of the head people over here in Sparty, the Sparty Spanking. Michigan State upset by Purdue. How big of a loss do you think this is for Michigan State? And obviously, they're likely not making the playoffs now. How far down do you think they fall from that three ranking? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked this game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I picked Purdue in this game outright. I thought it, I thought they were just gonna get a letdown. I thought Michigan State was gonna lose because they beat Michigan in that in that great game, and I I'd had that. But this was a bad loss. I mean, they gave up 530 yards to Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell sounds like a 1990s like you know sitcom star or something like that. Like he he's not that great. 40 for 54. I mean, he crushed them on this field, uh, and I think that it does. I you know as far as where they drop, I think they're gonna drop to like seven or eight somewhere in that area. I don't think they drop outside the top ten um, because of what, you know it was on the road. Purdue's not a bad school. I mean, Purdue you know they're six and three, four and two in conference. So realistically, they're not like one of these these bottom feeders, um, especially when they beat Ohio State soon. So That's like yeah, I think I, I think I think that he played well. You know, Michigan State had chances. They just kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit and. And Peyton Thorne, you know, kind of threw him out of this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose next week, unfortunately. What do you think this does for Kenneth Walker's Heisman talk? I mean, he didn't have a great game here. There's a lot of people talking about him possibly being the Heisman frontrunner after being the kind of the sole reason that Michigan lost to them and really nobody's standing out, right? We thought it was going to be Corral, Bryce Young earlier in the season. Both of those guys have struggled. Is this kind of effectively even ended his chance to get an invite to New York? I don't, you know, this is tough. I, I think that he, uh, he's still going to get an invite. He has to, right? But I looked at the odds right before we came on just to see from the Vegas odds. They updated him after the games tonight. Bryce Young is still plus 190. Matt Corral is plus 275. And your guy, CJ Stroud, is plus 450. So Kenneth, based on Vegas, is fourth right now. So if you're looking at that, and Caleb's right behind him, and Caleb didn't play today, and, and so you have that. And you know, our guy Kenny Pickett, I don't know why he's still on there, but you know you have those guys. So I think that I think Kenneth's going to get an invite. I don't see him winning. This is a quarterback award, unless something happens where these other guys don't do there. I really think Matt Corral still could win this Heisman if they win out, if they can compete right down the stretch, and he has these good games like he's been having. Is there? But I think this is it, it's weird. This is a weird Heisman. Is there any? Does any guy that stands out to you? Like I love Bryce, but. Has he had a Heisman year? I don't know. Maybe no, he's Georgia. That, that's why I think I was hoping Kenneth Walker would continue his run so that he could we could get two years in a row of it not being a quarterback. Where <laughs> Get CJ Stroud out of there. He doesn't deserve to be in there. All right, next up, bye-bye <laughs> Baylor. TCU starts a new era with a big win here. What what do you think this does for TCU? I mean, Baylor, this kind of knocks them down. They already had the one loss. They needed to keep winning. They're kind of knocked out of Big 12 contention and any kind of hope for, for any chance of getting back in the playoffs. But TCU, big one. They let go of Gary Patterson, who it, it seems like everybody down there really liked. All the players were, were playing for him. There was a plane flying a sign over the stadium talking about how they missed him. Is this a good thing for TCU that they got the big win? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good that they won. Uh, I, I do think, uh, I, I don't know. Did you see the the coaching uh, thing that came out about TCU, who they want, like who they're inviting? I don't know if you saw I that. I did. Like, Deion Sanders. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the other guys. Well, it was it was the boy Kellen Moore. 
Kellen yeah. Moore was on there too. I, I I just look at that and I'm like, man, is that better than Gary Patterson? I, I think it's I think they did have to leave. I understand that. This is a bad look for Baylor. Baylor is kind of a turnaround season. You know, Aranda's done a good job there. I thought Aranda was in the running for LSU job, but if you can't beat TCU when they're four and four, I think that that hurts your credibility there. But like Austin talks about, I hate to give him a shout out on this, uh, but like you know, Chandler Morris is this the guy like can he be the guy that steps up there and i and i think that's the key there oh yeah i don't want to bring up tony elliott yeah go hire tony elliott like yeah clemson could barely beat louisville tonight yeah go hire him but i would say like the real key is like chandler morris can he be that guy that they move forward with and quentin johnson's a stud and i know you oh, wrote yeah. about him like I, I think before you know uh before we liked each other i read your piece on quentin that's johnson true. yeah and we, uh we it was hated it, each other you did yeah. talk about it last summer. Like you were, you really good went through it. And, and I remember reading that like, Oh yeah. And I, I, so to your credit, I think I read your piece first before I saw who Quentin Johnson was. So I, I give you a shout out. Thank you. I'm going to clip that and post it everywhere that I was first. Cause that matters now in the Twitter community, whoever's <laughs> yeah. first and nobody in high school knew his father's brothers, twice removed cousin, sister that may have like texted him at one point. I, but I did, I wrote an article on him. I really liked him. Uh, coming up as a freshman. Yeah, I'm with uh, Chandler Morrison. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about him when we get to our panel discussion. But yeah, I, as someone who has a lot of share of shares of Quentin Johnson, please, dear yeah. God, let's let Max Dugan just stay on the bench and let's see what Chandler Morris has. You and see you later. North Carolina mows down Wake Forest. Uh, I mean, Wake Forest yet still is undefeated in conference because this was not a conference game, even though North Carolina is in the conference. It was a scheduled home and home, I believe, for like the past couple of years between the two of them. There's no shot, though, if Wake Forest goes the rest of the season undefeated and wins the wins their, divi- their division, their conference, that they make the playoffs, right? I mean, unless something crazy happened, unless unless guys are losing out of there. No, this hurts me because Wake Forest was kind of a Debbie Royale favorite just because we wanted to see chaos. We wanted them to go undefeated and do the Clemson thing and just kind of walk their way into the playoff and everybody be like, hey, you have to put them in. But uh, no, I, I think that when you look at it from that perspective, like, no, nah, they can't do anything about this. This is a bad loss. I Hartman's okay, but he's not. Like I said, someone asked me about him prior to the game, and I said he's a good college quarterback, but he's not an NFL prospect. Has Hal helped his his uh, his stock at all for you? I mean, I know that this is a big win for North Carolina. They have not been winning as many games. They're four in, or I think five and four now on the season. I was one person who had him in the playoffs. I thought they could go through undefeated, beat Clemson, win this divi- win this conference. I keep saying divisions, win this conference. Has he helped himself at all with the way he's played, especially showing that mobile side of himself the past couple weeks? We did not see that at all last year. I feel like a lot of people kind of forgot that he can do what he can with his legs. Yeah, I think that helps. But let's be real. If he does that shit in the NFL, he's going to die. Like, the way he takes hits, like, that's not going to work, like, and going in there. So, I think it does help. To me, it's uh, – Hal and Corral are, are in their own tier to me. Uh, so, like – but I also think Hal has the safest floor. So, if we're looking at these guys from fantasy perspectives, like, I think that Hal is a very safe play. Like, I think he's going to be a very safe safe floor. These other guys are very volatile floors. Like, I, I love Corral. But at the same time, I know Corral has limitations and and he definitely could not pan out. Whereas I think how I'm I'm confident that he can be a very solid QB too. 
Uh, he, I, to the way I comp him, he's as just as a fantasy, he's probably a little bit better than uh, probably like I would say a little, eh, maybe a little worse than Joe Burrow. Probably a little better than Mac Jones, and a little bit worse than Joe Burrow from a fantasy perspective, like that QB twelve to fourteen range, where I think that could be his solid floor, and that's what you get. These other guys though, very volatile. So like I like how though he he has arm strength, man. He gets the ball out to his guys. You we all know in this space how many weapons he lost. If he had this team last year, his plan this year, they go undefeated. It was it wouldn't and everybody be talking about how being the 101, it wouldn't matter. So I think we just need to cool it there. He hasn't done anything bad. It's just that he's been around so long that they kind of have prospect fatigue. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I've been saying that for for years. That's why I had him up at one uh, when we did our, our stuff this offseason over Spencer Rattlers. I'm with you. He's yeah. the safest floor. I've said I would not be surprised if he's the number one quarterback drafted because of that. It, I, I use it as like the Baker Mayfield draft where Baker just has this yeah. very safe floor. The Browns take him as they know what you're going to get from a guy like Hal. So I agree with everything you said. Um, I really hope he goes one or I, I think he'll go as a second quarterback if he doesn't go as one because I, I I do. I agree with you. He's, he's going to be really good in the NFL. I like uh, everything that that he does so last but not least here what does the college football playoff committee do this tuesday you just mentioned alabama probably stays at two i imagine you still have georgia at one i have not looked to see what what that oregon game is doing last i saw they were losing to washington uh they we had him them at four uh michigan state at three michigan state loses so how do you think the top four shakes out now on tuesday so right now oregon's up 24 16 washington has the ball with two minutes left so i'm gonna just pretend like they win so if they win this game and they hold on which damn that's a bad like they Oregon's not good if, if they could beat Utah they're going to probably get in based on just how everything's going but that Utah game loans ours in two weeks but what I would say is this I would go like this Alabama is two Oklahoma I think is going to jump into the top four somewhere I think and they didn't even play a game so I think they're going to say they're going to rewrite that one if I had to just jump I'd say Oklahoma three I think Oregon's at four still because you really can't do too much to them ohio state i think is going to jump cincinnati uh then i'll have cincinnati there and then probably michigan michigan state somewhere in there so that's what i think it's going to be cincinnati's not a playoff can we all agree i hope we all agree on this no i, I do not want to see cincinnati in the playoff like they're going to get destroyed they almost got their ass kicked by tulsa today and they should have lost they're stupid i hate that rule i didn't know that was a rule where you can't give up your body if you're jumping into the end zone they should have scored there like cincinnati's not good so i think ohio state's going to jump them and it'll be interesting to see. I hope Oklahoma wins out, and so does Oregon, and so does Ohio State, because they're going to be Michigan. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. And what are they going to do with Oregon and, or, um, and Ohio State there? That is going to be an interesting. Uh, I, I think Oregon gets yeah. in. If, if, if the two of them are tied, they have the head to head, and we've seen that the committee values that. And if they go and they beat Utah, oh, I'm okay with it. Hey, I, I, I said that there was a real shot they lost that game. I couldn't pick Oregon to win it, but I, I'm, I have no Oregon bones sucks, about that. Matt. If, Oregon's oh, they terrible. do suck. They don't deserve to be in the top four. Cincinnati <laughs> does. Oregon does not. Oregon lost to a crappy Stanford team. Because the one thing I'll say about Tulsa, I think Ohio State only beat them by 12. Like Tulsa's, uh, Tulsa is a good team. Now, I agree with you. Cincinnati's not the best. But I think the difference with Cincinnati is their defense is a lot better than people give them credit for. I They would not beat a Georgia or Alabama, but I guarantee they would not get blown out like a Notre Dame team has the past couple of years. That's that's my biggest argument for Cincinnati. I think they could only lose by 10. And that matters because I'm tired of watching whoever plays Georgia or Bama in that first game get blown out by 40, and it ruins my, my morning game because I'm like, this game sucks. Well, I have to do house chores because my wife knows I'm not watching the game, and it's horrible. All right, so <laughs> go ahead. Georgia, Oregon would be a, it'd be a bloodbath. 
Like, exactly. <laughs> so let's just let's put Cincinnati back in there. Let's get a rematch of that game next year. It, it, last year, yeah, Cincinnati probably still lose by ten, but it won't be as bad as those other ones. All right, so. Yeah. That'll be it for me at Headlines, guys. Thanks for, for letting me take over the show. Now, I believe it's, I don't know who's hosting Left Coast with with uh, Kevin, so I'm just going to let whoever behind the scenes handle that one. I'm just going to disappear. It's panel time. Matt, come back. Don't leave me. I love you. How about this? Does this bring you back? Ooh. Matthew Boohoo Bruning. It does. I'm back. I'm back. Why? Wait, why am I boohooing? I'm sorry. Uh, you seem really worked up about Cincy. Uh, Felix, are you doing Do I not get to be in here? What's, what the hell is going on? You're here. You're here. You control. I thought you could control. I yourself. just added myself in. Yeah. Congratulations on uh, yeah, being a big boy and adding yourself here? there. What's up, everybody? We're going to we do this every week. We talk a little bit about some value changes here uh, throughout the day. Um, Let's go to Kevin first. Kevin, do you have somebody that that positively or negatively, I guess, uh, you, you guys were a bit bit of Debbie Downers there. It's going to be hard segment. for Kevin to be positive. So um, let's, can, let's can, can you do you have somebody in mind here that uh, that that moved the needle today? Yeah. Oh, today. Shit. All right. Yeah. Um, well, or this uh, yeah. week. I mean, go sure. Go matching or whatever if you want to. Well, no. I'll I'll, I'll talk to you. So I'll start with today. Trey McBride. I'm going to go off the show sheet. So Trey McBride is just carrying that Colorado State offense, not to wins, but just to accolades. Uh, you know, he has nine catches today, 98 yards again. Uh, on the season, he already has 65 catches and 740 yards. He only has one touchdown, though, so obviously you want to get him in there. But you know what? I think he's making a case for himself to be tight in one, which isn't, like, an amazing thing in this class. But, I mean, still, where he came from, the relatively – and I know we knew about him – uh, but that's because we're smart. Uh, but other guys, like who's Trey McGride? Where did he come from? Like, I think he's improved his draft stock to, um, considerably. And I, I love him as a prospect. Yeah, you're uh, your co-host over on Debbie Royale there. Uh, Christian Williams, he I believe, it was, yeah. was, was very big on Trey McBride coming into the season. He really nailed that one. Felix, come over to you. I know you spent all day tailgating in your wonderful apron. Um, anybody? I, <laughs> I still smell like the grill, by the way. And, and, I mean... The audience should know I sat down at the microphone without having looked at the show sheet with about three minutes until the, the show started. So um, that explains anyway, your up and I down mean, performance. <laughs> yes, as opposed to any other performance. Um, <laughs> let's give a shout out to Mac. I mean, you mentioned Maction. Three of the top 10 wide receivers as far as uh, receiving yardage for this week come from the Mac. And, let's, and uh, Tavon Randolph absolutely went off. Uh, like putting up video game numbers, he had. I mean, he was the uh, he had the most receiving yards this season. And Austin, you talked about him um, on our show last week or the week before about guys that we need to pay attention to and that you want to have rostered in twenty twenty two. He had three hundred and nine yards receiving in a freaking game. I mean, it, when Maxson starts, you absolutely need to have. I, I started Khalil Pimpleton in a game, and he. Had a great game, not just considering his his special teams, two touchdowns on special teams. I mean, these matching get if you are not in a campus to can league, you need to be in one because it makes these games more fun. When you have a Tavon Randolph, who no one is talking about, go off in your starting lineup for 309 yards and three touchdowns. And that guy's a freshman. He is a freshman. Um so shout out to Max and shout out to the Mac, Tavon Randolph, Jack Sorensen, and Hassan Baydoun from Eastern Michigan all going off this week. They are um, three of the top 10 uh, highest 
wide receivers as far as uh, receiving yardage goes this year. And, I mean, those matching games are just fun. So I want to give a shout-out to them. And I don't know if anyone's going to mention Dwayne McBride. Dwayne McBride is a guy that I was touting early in the season, and he did not start off well. But you look who he's playing against. He's playing against Georgia. Now look at Dwayne McBride, 16 for uh, 14 for 61 or whatever against Georgia, averaging 4.7 yards a carry. I'm like, well, that's pretty damn good. I don't know who anybody else has played as well, but he went off for over 200 yards today. So, Maxion, Dwayne McBride, let's give a let's give a shout out to some of these G5 guys. And no one is talking about Tavon Randolph because his real name is Trayvon Rudolph. Matt Bruning, anybody stock up or stock down? <laughs> I, I couldn't make it through. I tried to, let, to not laugh. Oh, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll mention two quarterbacks here. Um, I'll start with Chandler Morris since we've already talked a little bit about him. I mean, what a game to come out there. I mean, what was it talked about? Like a couple hours, if that, before before the game kicked off, that Max Dugan was not going to be playing. They're going to have Chandler Morris in there, and just how good he also made Quentin Johnston look. That whole offense in general. Uh, I'm all in on Chandler Morris. I really do hope that they give him a chance to keep playing. No no offense to Max Dugan. Uh, he's just not it. We have not seen him do anything close to what we saw Morris do in one game uh, against what is, in my opinion, a very good Baylor team. And then uh, Hendon Hooker. I mean, 316 yards, four touchdowns through the air today against what was considered a very good Kentucky team. They beat him. They just beat him 45-42. to 42. Austin, you and Colin were talking all offseason that he should have been the starter there for Tennessee. I think if he keeps playing like this, I don't know if he has an NFL future. I think he could realistically get an invite to the Senior Bowl this year. And if he goes out there and impresses, maybe he does get drafted and ends up being a uh, a backup quarterback in the NFL. But for a guy you likely got off waivers or toward the end of your draft uh, in any C2C leagues, I mean, he's been – Really good for you the past couple weeks if you've been starting and possibly a, a league winner with how good he's been and possibly has a shot to be a backup in the NFL. So uh, I think major stock up for Hendon Hooker. Yeah, he's been on fire here recently. Um, I don't know. There's there's quite a few fun names to choose from. I already talked about Chandler Morris here. Yeah, yeah. We got Halani back uh, back there for Boise. Finally uh, heating back up their first big game of the season. Um I guess somebody first that... big game in like two years for George. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, baby steps. He's no, he's he's no Tavon Randolph. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Ty Chandler is probably realistically the guy that maybe has helped himself the most here over the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, over 200 yards here again. I mean, I know Wake Forest's rush rush offense or defense is just garbage, but I mean, he's been. Really, it's been it's been Sam Howe, it's been Josh Downs, and then their third option has been Ty Chandler. You know, Pat, he's caught passes. He's been really their only rush game. We thought, you know, a Camaro Edmonds or a Caleb Hood or one of the Henderson would would step up and kind of be their second back. They haven't had anybody do that. Howell has done that, and, and Chandler's filled in the other cracks. So um, I think he's a guy that that is sneakily, you know, I, d- I don't think he's a day one guy. And to be honest, I w- would be really, really shocked if he goes day two. But yeah. fourth round, fifth round, I mean, I think he can he can be on a roster and, you know, one of those guys that pops up here and now for a, a dynasty team in the future for an NFL team. So uh, uh, good for him there that he's uh, he's been doing that. We can't let Colin watch this episode. By the way, Austin, are we just dialing up Josh Downs as a wide receiver one next year with Drake May at the helm? I mean, it's a it's a good question. I don't have strong feelings yet on Drake May either way. Like I was fine on him coming out of high school, and he looked 
like fine in the spring game. I, I want to see spring game and 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 hear what Drake May's really good about him. You're you're a big Drake May guy. I like Drake May a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think he's not that my opinion down. matters? I would just I, I like Drake. No, I watch him. I like it. Him. It, it matters more than Austin's. Uh, the one thing I will say, he <laughs> didn't he didn't come into the game though when Hal got hurt. I don't know if that really matters. Uh, but they brought in the big chunky kid who <laughs> the sophomore. I'm, I'm sorry, he came out there and I was like, it looks like an offensive lineman, not a quarterback. So, but I was kind of surprised that it was him who came out there, not Drake May. So. This show is off the rails. All right. I did a really <laughs> poor job controlling this session. Um, let's kick it over to Felix and Kevin for Let's Left Coast Check-In. Have a good night, everybody. We do the Left Coast Check-In every night with Kevin Coleman, co-host of the Debbie Royale, Debbie contributor at Fantasy Pros, contributor at campus2can.com, and co-owner of Triple Play Fantasy. You're doing a lot of stuff. You can find him at uh, Boys underscore 2020. Uh, Boys underscore 22 if you want to get your feelings hurt uh there for it with kevin coleman um kevin san jose san jose state nevada um how's carson strong looking do i need to tweet something about uh his rushing yardage tonight uh this game is not going the way that we'd probably want it for carson strong fans uh but it's in the second quarter right now with 831 left san jose state and nevada 7-7 uh, Carson Strong is 12 for 20, 79 yards and an interception, and he has negative 10 yards rushing. So there's that. One other thing is uh, Starkle came back today for San Jose, and he's at 77 yards and a touchdown. So Starkle looks like he's he's playing well tonight. So this will be an interesting game for the Mountain West coming down the stretch, especially because Boise beat uh, Fresno State tonight. Uh Kevin, UTSA, UTEP, I mean, if you're in C2C leagues, there are a couple of guys that you could be starting from this game from um, Sincere McCormick to uh, uh, the wide receiver for UTEP, whose name's Josh, Josh, uh, Jacob Cowling, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Cowling, Um, 16-6 here at halftime. 16-6. Sixteen six. Uh, since Jim McCormick's having a good game again, you know he's been banged up, and so uh, I unfortunately didn't start him tonight like an idiot. And he has eight carries, one hundred twenty-seven yards, and a touchdown. So he's averaging fifteen point nine uh, per carry right now. He has seventy-five yard run. That kind of boosted up. Uh, Zachary Franklin, four catches, forty-two yards there. On the other side, Jacob Cohen is uh, <laughs> Jacob Cohen is one you know one reception for twenty-one yards. That's it. Uh, he hasn't had their Tyron Smith has the catch for the touchdown, 35 yards. Uh, but other than that, Ronald Watt, he has eight carries, 55 yards. But UTSA looks like they're going to be uh, going to 9-0. and 9 and for UTSA, and they're going to be rising in R.J. Young's rankings. Um, Kevin, USC, uh, USC at Arizona State. It looks like uh, uh, Jackson Dart has gotten some time in here, but Keaton, uh, Keaton, Keaton Slovis is getting the majority of the snaps. Yeah, Slovis is bad. So, you know, all you Slovis people out there, 5 for 10, 54 yards and interceptions. Jackson Dart did come in. I think he's going to probably be the guy. You know, they're down 7-0 to a bad Arizona State team uh, that just hasn't performed lately. Rashad White has seven carries, 38 yards. DeMonta Tremon is back. Two two carries, 12 yards, and a touchdown. Jaden has – he's five or six for 50 yards, so he looks okay there. The biggest thing is Arizona State just doesn't have that receiving. They don't have the receivers. Uh, the, you know, Elbian Bunkley Shelton just hasn't popped out. Ricky Purcell hasn't done very much this game. Uh, you know, Kanta Ingram's having an okay game. Six carries, 21 yards. He has a catch. Uh, it's just getting started, though, so we'll see how this guy on the stretch. But I'm, I'm interested to see what Jackson Dart can do because I'm a big Dart guy as well. I think this freshman class 
class. Like we were just talking about May and those guys. Like it, it has a potential for some of these guys to really pop up. And we could see a very strong class with yours being there. And then you have Caleb and all these guys. Like we could be talking about these guys being like a strong four or five deep. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely can. Um, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, my guy. <laughs> the guy Tyler, has to be yes. considered for – for 2023. He had an excellent day today. All right, Kevin, we appreciate it. Always checking in with you for the left coast check-in and you can find Kevin at Du Bois underscore 2020 at Du Bois underscore 22. And he's uh, <laughs> find him and Jeff Bell on the Debbie Royale Tuesday, Tuesday nights and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate it, Kevin. Yep, man. Thank you. All right. All right, Matt Bruning, Austin Nace. Um, what else do we need to talk? I, I didn't, see uh what happened in the fresno fresno state boise state game i saw that um uh, that my guy jake hayner was down early that i mean i have to assume that that's because jalen cropper didn't play and he was just so instrumental in their offense that um that they were not able to get it going i'm trying to bring up the stats here on my phone but that would um, that would be incorrect why don't we let Um, you know, why don't we like Mr. Season Ticket Holder for Fresno say answer the question? So I'm sure he watched the game. I, I'm sure that Kevin can tell us at least something about what happened. <laughs> I, I can, yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't go because I sold my tickets because I like money. Uh, but you know, Jake Hayner had two. He had three interceptions tonight. He didn't look great. Boise oh! always kicks. Boise always kicks Fresno's ass. Uh, and it was just one of those games where I knew it was going to be interesting. If you give up 117 yards to George Alani's ghost, that's a problem. Uh, that's definitely a problem out there. And he also had two catches for 69 yards also. Uh, Khalil Shakur also nice. had that. So that's not that's not great for Fresno State. And, and I think that, you know, rushing attack wasn't really there. Ronnie came back, but they just got on him early. Boise State got him on early, and they were up 16-7 before it was even what, what happened. Bachmeyer didn't make any mistakes, and they couldn't stop the run, and they just ran him down the throat. Ran it down the throat, one catch for 69 yards. I mean, Kevin just throwing all the innuendos uh, out there. Um, right, Hainer's hurt. Can we like? I see people roasting Hayner. Like, I just think at this point that their season is is kind of you know quote unquote over because they were ranked twenty three coming into this game. It's not over. He he's they look like they they barely won last week. I mean, hey, they're not they're only going to go as far as Hayner can go, and Hayner's hip is really bothering him. Like, I those same blatantly obvious. Those same people roasting him couldn't do a podcast with that hit pointer that he has. But you know they'll be out here roasting his ass and stuff. Like he can't I'll, when you go to. I'll take that bet, you, Kevin. Come yeah. hit me with your car they, in Pittsburgh. They got those. Uh, they got those cushy little. They got those cushy little cushions you sit on now. That, that'd be fine. I can sit all day. Go, on <laughs> when you go to the games and Hayner comes off, he immediately like lays and stretches with a trainer every drive, and he cannot move. So like when he comes off. You know he's really hurt. Like, um, it, it's impressive that he's even out there, to be honest. But yeah, I, I can't stand the 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 couch potatoes telling me that Hayner's not tough and not good. That dude's out here, and I, that's a legitimate injury that he's got right now. Um, can we talk about Tyler Van Dyke? No, I mean I know I mentioned so him Hudson bit. Card comes into the game here, Austin. <laughs> does that matter for Texas? I didn't. So I did not see what happened with Casey Thompson. Uh, so does anybody know what happened? Did he get injured or did they just pull him because he, he's just a game manager? Um, uh, full disclosure, I did not watch this game, but I have not heard. Act like it. Just fake it. Just fake it. 
I mean, yeah, I can we, talk. I can talk for hours about how much Casey Thompson sucks, but I'm yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that, would be, that would be too. rude. Yeah, they don't have their they don't have their quarterback there. Whether it's no. transfer, they solve it. Whether it's like I, Malik Murphy is not a day one starter, but like does he get thrown into no. the fire too early because they don't have anybody? I mean, I don't know what the solution is there next year. But it's another when game were, where they they were up at halftime. Hey. Granted, it was only seven to three, and then they got crushed in the second half every it, single week. It could be. I mean, yeah. Hey, Quinn goes there. Texas are is transferring back, right? away from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to think three people transferring for, away from Ohio State after this season. Ewers Miller, who got 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 a G, DUI, and and uh, and uh, McCord. Jesus, the best of them all, Kyle McCord. Come on, yeah, Kyle, I, we're definitely not Kyle, talking Tyler Kyle Van Dyke McCord. now. Friend Kyle of the McCord. show, I will make sure we don't talk Tyler Van Dyke now. Any of those guys, I think, would start over Card and and um, and and Malik Murphy and. And Casey Thompson. I mean, Sark is a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, he can make somebody yeah. look good. So Malik. if if we if we all believe that Card probably is not the guy because he's just not looked good. If he finishes out the season and just does anything, or do you try to offload him as quickly as possible this offseason? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. You mean trade him and see your C two Cs? Yeah, yeah, trade him. Yeah, yeah. Tr- get trade him and see what you can get for him. Because I mean, there was a lot of people. You know, I, I won't say any names, but it, it, you know, Dolan. Well, that was not going to sound. It rhymes with Colin Decker, but maybe not him exactly, or maybe it is. I'm not sure. He was really, really. This guy was really, really high on Hudson Card. I'm almost positive he said he was like the next coming of Tom Brady uh, because we already had Graham Mertz as the next coming of Peyton Manning. So <laughs> we were trying to, you know, compare other quarterbacks there. Uh, so I'm just, I'm curious as what you guys thought about that. Graham right. Mertz is good. I don't care what you have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, stats and his play good. on the field say Graham otherwise. But before we get to Tyler Van Dyke, is Mullen done in Florida? South Carolina yeah. destroyed them 40 to 17 today, and they look like they didn't give a damn. I didn't see it. It had, I, I you wrote have about, to old yeah. yeller him. Yeah, you have to old yeller him. I wrote about on the fantasy pros primer this week because I said that he's got it. He's probably got to go. I said this game was important, and then they just got their ass kicked. I just said he hasn't recruited well. He has made every wrong decision you can make, uh, especially with like his quarterback this year. They, Richardson should have probably got the star. And if Richard, I think the final nail in the coffin is if Richardson transfers. I think that's going to be kind of the final nail. I, if it already, this might have been the final nail if it's there. Um, I, I don't think he's been very good. Forty to seventeen, they gave up like three hundred. They gave up basically what South Carolina does on offense weekly in the first half. To a team that doesn't have a real quarterback, has like no wide receivers to speak of, they were just getting torched. It was very odd. All right, Felix, go ahead. Talk about Tyler Van Dyke is good. I told you that he was good in the offseason. That's the end of the story. I mean, he's okay. Who would you rather have after CJ Stroud and, um, and Bryce he's, Young. He's 2023 20, eligible. That's what I'm saying. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. You were talking That's about him in the, in the 2024 class earlier. With I was Williams just letting him go. Guys, so. yeah. oh, so I didn't say nice. Caleb Williams. That, no, Kev, you said Kevin Tyler Van Dyke when, yeah. when Kevin was talking about the 2024 guys. Although he's probably going to have to come back for one more year because he's not that good. Jake Garcia is going to win that job next year. So he's going to transfer and probably now. come out in 2024. You no, know, it's his job. I, I think it's his job. I think he's saving Manny Diaz's job, to be honest with you. I mean, on this win streak that they've been on. Uh, and again, I mean, Jameer Gibbs had a 50 yard catch in that game. I don't know if it was for a touchdown, but was okay on the ground and put up another 70 through the air. I, he, he's going to be so good in the NFL. If he goes to an offense that can utilize a uh, pass catching running back and, and he's just, he's just an excellent player. Who's, who's been better. So like uh, for that offense, Tyler Van Dyke or Charleston Rambo. Who has been and, like and we have, the yeah. target with him there? And I, Rambo has like I, I've never been a Rambo guy. Like I thought he was really overrated. Yeah. Everyone just assumed mm-hmm. he would be the next guy to Oklahoma. I never thought that was necessarily his level. And then he went here and he played with um, what's his name for the past year and Derek a half? King. Derek King, who's just terrible. I'd kind of written him off. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke's giving him CPR. He's he's back kicking here and at this point that's because tyler van dyke is aggressive and throw the ball throws the ball downfield so we had the question in the discord today tyler or excuse me charleston rambo or jackson smith and jigba the answer was jackson smith and jigba but you would have been just fine if you played charleston rambo um he's been very good i i just i still don't know what to make of him as an nfl prospect and that's you know ultimately what you need to yeah the question you need to answer in c2c's I'd like to shout out Jalen Knighton, my guy from Miami. He's having a good game. Yeah, someone picked him as a as a big start this week. Probably the only thing I got right on tailgate. Sit yeah, Jackson right. Smith and Jigma. He had a great game. <laughs> oh, you said that. In fairness to me, I said that before the Garrett Wilson injury, and I don't just take uh, my stuff off because you know other people are scared. I I, I, I said it. It's got to stay out there. I, I'll hold myself to it. I was wrong. You know, only ha- he only had 240 receiving yards. It's not like it was a great game by any means. So I love Jackson Smith to Jigga. That's my guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's gonna. I saw him he's first gonna- though. I, like eighth grade, I think I I watched some tape on him and he popped. <laughs> Did out. you know his That's teacher? His, his teacher sent uh, yeah. you a message. Yeah. Yeah, Have you Texas. Seen this kid? Uh, I got some family in Texas. They 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 sent me a scouting report. So I just want everybody to know I was first. I need to get to know these families better, man. Get the inside track. <laughs> yeah, my family's useless. Jesus. <laughs> Guys, uh, next week, is it all right? Can I go on to uh, what we're looking forward to next week? Might as well keep everybody in here for that. Uh, Maxion. Maxion returns Tuesday and Wednesday. Buffalo, Miami. My old head coach, uh, Chuck Martin, there at Miami of Ohio. Akron and Western Ohio and Eastern Michigan. These are fun games. People need to pay attention to them. Uh, and then Wednesday, Toledo at Bowling Green, Ball State at Northern Illinois, Kent State at Central Michigan. I don't know that there is one that I prefer over the other, but I am going to be watching probably uh, probably Central Michigan because I got Khalil Pimpleton in a, a, a league where $3,000 is on the line. So um, I'll be watching. I'll be watching that one. Mr. High yeah, there's like Sharp over here. There's a, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good games. I mean, Thursday night you get North Carolina Pittsburgh. It's better than the the wet fart of a game you get Ravens Dolphins on for the NFL, right? Oh, so I'm you... going to that game. I'm going to that game. I forgot about that. I'll be. There. Are you You're going to the Ravens yeah. Dolphins game? No, no UNC the Pitt versus UNC Pitt. game. Nobody oh. even nobody wants <laughs> to watch Ravens Dolphins. Why would he go to? Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'm flying down. To... I mean, you do have that oh. private jet, so it makes sense. But 
Austin over here. Yeah, he's flying down to Miami for the Baltimore Ravens, who he hates. Which I, he, no, he doesn't hate them as much as the Browns, but they're pretty close up there. Every time I hear you talk trash about them, so yeah. No, I, mean, I hate them more. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's the Browns have been irrelevant. Away. Why would I hate them? This show is off the rails. It Mac, really is. Maction, baby. I love the Mac. Hey, uh, Alabama gets New Mexico State next week. Start all Upset of your, alert. your start. Start all of your uh, Crimson Tide. Um, what else is here on the slate? Old Miss, That's Texas it. A&M. That's going to be a good one. We'll probably go live after the 7 p.m. slate. Um, do, do, do. What else? There's really nothing. Arkansas LSU. Make maybe it maybe DJ Uvalde can continue to play well. He's got UConn. UConn is at Clemson. And DJU played relatively well uh, today, and they pulled out the win at U of L. Um, hey, you got he, Oklahoma. He was, he, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, just DJU. He came out of that game uh, um, for a few snaps, and then came back in the game with a, what looked like a brace on his right knee. Um, but uh, he's, you know, I think we still need to pay attention to DJU because he's got all the physical tools. And oh yeah, yeah, Oakland, go ahead, Matt. I didn't, I didn't oh, see that game up there. Oklahoma Baylor. I mean, I know Baylor lost, so they're not going to be top fifteen anymore. But they almost beat Oklahoma last year. Uh, granted, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, big shift. But I also think Baylor's a little bit better than they were last year. Jerry Bohannon has been kind of like a a rock for them at the quarterback position. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that game goes next weekend. Felix, I got a question for you. DJU or Tyler Van Dyke? I mean, right now it's Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Why All wouldn't right. it be Tyler Van Dyke? Now, I mean, do my rankings reflect that right now? No, I got to do- drop DJU down a little bit more. But DJU is going down. Tyler Van Dyke is going up. So, um, boy, is he a fun player to watch. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to hit Felix where it hurts, Carson Strong or Tyler Van Dyke? I mean, Carson Strong has done it for three years, so uh, I'm going to take – Tyler take... Van Dyke's done it for three games. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – Done it, well, uh, whatever it is. Uh, All right. Hey, no Carson um, Strong slander allowed tonight. I'm too tired. We we appreciate everyone watching us joining the Campus to Canton team for Coast to Coast tonight. Tune in every single week. We've got you covered for the tailgate in the morning and Coast to Coast following the primetime slate. And tune in next week as we go take you uh, coast to coast. Good night, everybody.